0: What's up what's happening we're kicking off another downtown roar podcast but today we got a little special one we got our uh we got a guest here Scott from Twitter everybody knows Scott uh say what's up
1: Scott from Twitter that's what I <laughs> <laughs> that's what he gets that, that's what everybody, everybody
0: knows him as come everybody on
1: Scott from Twitter no this is great I, I listen every week and uh I've done some some podcast work with Logan before anyway and tally's red wings uh post game hey, yeah give me uh give me some life so yeah I'm, I'm <laughs> <back. sighs>
2: what a special special week to have you on we got the thanksgiving I know, special man. it's the first thing i
1: thought of literally when the news broke about about quinn trisha the first thing i was like no way are we literally about to record on. this yep. I was so pumped. Yeah.
2: As, as everybody knows here, our, our good buddies, um, Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn, have gotten fired today, and we're going to be getting into that. Uh, I think it's a great day in Lions history. I know all three of us are happy. I think 9999 of the fans are happy outside of Sheila Ford. She loves her, Matt Patricia. So overall, what, what a great day for the Detroit Lions organization.
0: I just can't believe it happened today. I, I wonder why it didn't happen on Friday. Like, was there some meeting that, that went...
2: Oh. Matt Patricia, dude, I'm telling you. He's like, we have one more win than we did last year. Listen to me, Sheila. And that's what he did for a couple days, and then, then she finally just pulled the trigger.
0: I just didn't get the whole off day thing. Maybe it was just because nobody... Uh, maybe because they were just completely off yesterday because uh, yesterday they uh, after the game, but I don't know. It was... It was good that it happened today, though. I I was very excited, as is every fan.
2: One more day, it would have been, like, panic mode for me, I think.
0: But, I mean, I I got a question for the both of you. Uh, I don't know who wants to answer it first, but uh, what do we think, like, pissed Sheila Ford off the most or kind of ticked her off the most about Matt Patricia and Pop Quinn?
2: (laughs) Uh, Sky, you can go with this one first. Um. What do I think
1: pissed them off the most? Well, I think a lot to pick from. Yeah, man. I think man, but honestly <laughs> like 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 I was I was flush. in this conversation earlier, like there's obviously a lot um, to choose from with, uh, with Patricia and there's a lot to, to talk about like all of his shortcomings. There are so many. But, like, I don't think people really realize how many there is to pick from for Bob Quinn, too. Like, that's – it's not like – it's not like that was a a spotless – like, there is plenty to pick from. And, like, I love Hawk, but, like, let's be honest, value-wise, probably a reach. Okuda, again, Mm. you know, he's looked horrible, which obviously doesn't (laughs) help. But, like – I have been on him for a while. You – you – you like just looking at, at like positional value and not like what they turn into or anything. Like there's a lot to choose from. And then like some signings, like I'm, I'm not sure flowers has really been worth the money. Like there's, there's really, they're not as obvious because he's not on the sideline every week, but cough, like, cough,
0: Jesse James.
1: Yes, exactly. <laughs> Why? Are, oh my, if that gets me so riled up so fast, like there's, drafting Hawk is one thing drafting Hawk <laughs> weeks after signing Jesse James is, is ridiculous for a lot of money, $20 million. It, and, and, and like, I love Hawk. And if that's your guy, that's fine. And, and I think he's going to be a stud. Like I, I really, and and that's awesome, but you don't pay a tight end, like <laughs> tight end one money and then still use your first round pick for a tight end. It, it, so like, there, uh, I, I don't know the answer to your question, but like at, at a very minimum, like <laughs> I just want people to realize, like like there's there's a lot of obvious ones for Patricia, but don't think that Bob Quinn was is like any less deserving of this result than than Tr- Patricia because he absolutely
0: is. That was a great answer, but you forgot Jelani Tavai as well in the second oh. round. <laughs> yeah, well, we could Tavai. we could just sit here all night and talk about how how bad some of these picks were. But we do have to give Bob Quinn his his, um, his respect with the Kenny Galladay pick. Uh, there were there were plenty. Couple, he hits in the late rounds. He yeah, down, he hits. Him that.
2: He hits sometimes yeah, he in the late rounds.
0: Pennicini, it looks like he's gonna hit there uh, with the sixth rounder there. But um, but yeah, you he, he his time was just done just because some of the contracts he handed out weren't weren't great. But, I mean, for me, the defensive guru – actually, I didn't even give Tally a chance to answer this Oh, Oh, yeah.
2: uh, Oh, my turn on spot. If if you're looking at Patricia, I'm going to do one for each one. I think the thing with Patricia is everything that was advertised with him, it was the complete opposite. You thought you were getting a guy who made the greatest play in fourth quarter history, as we all know. He saved the Super Bowl. And you never got a guy who was the defensive mastermind. This dude's a rocket scientist, not a defensive coordinator. He's not a head coach. And, you know, he got exposed very, very quickly in three years. And this dude couldn't even come close to a winning season, let alone like win anything. So I think that's why, that's what pissed Sheila Ford off the most is I think that she got lied to and it blew up in her face. Uh, For Bob Quinn, obviously I think the drafting is a big issue, but he has hit, I guess, your, your success rate in the first two rounds should be a lot higher than your success rate in the last five or so yeah. rounds. And I think his success rate was way, way higher in the later rounds, which is an extraordinarily large problem. But if you look at the, the free agent signings, like you get, you trade slakes, you don't want to pay him. And you bring in this, this dude, Desmond Trufant, who I don't think could guard me in the slot or on the outside mm-hmm. You bring in Big V, who is possibly the worst signing of all time. That's another Detroit bad contract. Line. This dude can't. Not only can he not stay healthy, this dude can't block. Like, could this could this dude block a D three kid from like Concordia University? Let it, let alone a def, an NFL defensive end. <laughs> so there's there's a lot to look at when you put them together, and wow, you get a really 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 bad football team. And I think you can tell by the record and the product, which is sad because there's actually kind of talent there. I think on both sides of the ball, there, there's some small glimmers of talent. But overall, when you put that regime in charge, it's never going to work out well. And it's happened time and time again with the Patriot guys that try to venture out and branch off and do their own thing. Outside of Brian Floors, like, they've all failed. And this is another case where it's a fail. And Matt Patricia could possibly be the worst head coach signing of the decade if you if you look team to team I don't think there's anybody that was more kind of hyped up by the city and was Mm -hmm. this bad like from a all around standpoint he was just terrible
1: I don't know who's done who's done less with more like like I totally I'm sure we can go in and find like like people that were brought into horrible situations and, and, you know, like, like crap to bed because they were brought into horrible situations. But like, this team was a consistent nine and seven, like, either a wild card, either like the best team to miss the playoffs or one of the worst teams to make it. Like, this was a consistent nine and seven fringe team year and in and every year for like the, the entire Caldwell era, really, except for that one season. Um, leading up to to the Patricia hiring, and like I, I'm not sure. Like I said, I, I'm sure you can find coaches that that were brought into horrible situations and were horrible, but like I'm not sure you're gonna find someone who who did less with more. Cause like don't don't get it twisted. Like like even though the record hasn't shown it, like he his whole like I came in with work to do BS. It is BS. Yeah, like that's he, the worst he, statement he's ever made. Literally. He, he literally took over a, a nine and seven, like two years removed from a playoff appearance team. Like it, it it's, I'm not sure anyone's done less with more. And I think that's the, that's the biggest thing. Like, it's not like this guy was brought in here to, to like just looking around in the other sports in the city. Like, it's not like, like Gardenhire had a horrible winning percentage. Okay. Well, Gardenhire took over a horrible baseball team. Like, like,
0: to Patricia
1: took over a borderline playoff team that went nine and seven and did nothing with it. He got a top three pick in the draft, like, literally nothing with it. And, and that the, a lot of the teams stayed. The main core was the same. The quarterback was the same. Like, that's, that's the biggest thing with me is just I, I've never, at least in, in our city, I'm not sure I've ever ser- seen anybody
2: do less with and, and be given more. That was the most frustrating part of all of it. Which makes it even worse because we don't even expect that much from the Lions. Like right. we expect them to go eight, eight and eight and whatever, maybe, maybe make the playoffs, get a wild card spot, and get your ass kicked by like Seattle in Seattle. in in, what is it December or something, but he, he took them so far back that we're not even expecting to like finish six and 10 anymore. And that's why everybody's so mad. That one playoff appearance every like three years is what we held on to as lions fans. And they took that away from us. And that's all we have here in Detroit right now is like hoping the lions can make the playoffs. And he, he put them, I don't even know when the lions are going to be even close to competitive anymore because he put them so Far behind
0: the power curve it's it's actually amazing what he 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 not he did in detroit because i don't know how you you'd have to seriously be trying to lose this many games with matt patricia and his two and a half or three years with this team but
1: worse than that, matt millen bro
0: <laughs> literally and that's where i was going with this because i mean if you look at this team where do you go from here now that because every year this franchise hasn't been able to get over the hump per se. And I don't, I'm not entirely sure they'll ever get over the hump, but it, it's, it, I, we have a, f- a clear path or vision where we want to be, but I don't know how we get there is what I'm trying to say. You know,
2: gotta press the reset button at this point. And this, this whole conversation brought me to um, looking up the top 50 worst NFL head coaches of all time. This was, you know, made before Matt Patricia and all that. So the Lions currently have two out of the top six worst coaches of all time. Matt Patricia will probably fall within the top 10. So yeah. the Lions have that going for them as well. Three of possibly the worst Top 10 coaches of all time, so that's yeah, awesome. Probably,
1: probably, around, probably around that
2: three in the top eight range, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, yeah. He might even push uh Rod Marinelli. <laughs> <out of one. laughs> Rod Marinelli might have to make room in the number one spot.
0: Man, how can they screw it up that bad, though? That's the thing that I don't understand. Like, consistently, you can't get it, one coach
2: right, not one. And the only, I don't even want to say Jim Caldwell was right because Jim Caldwell got us to a point where we were excited for the Lions and they were actually kind of fun to watch at times. But the problem with Jim Caldwell is he was too conservative. He didn't want, he would never go out there and try to win a game by taking aggressive lines. And, you know, that's why he got fired and deservingly so. The way the NFL is moving, you need to be aggressive. You need to go forward on fourth down. You, can't be kicking field goals on like the three yard line anymore. Like it's changing people score more. And, you know, that's what Patricia gets a little bit of slack for is people are scoring more. The average points per game is way, way up, but you got to be able to like get more than like two stops a game and force more than like one and a half punts a game and like, give your team a chance to win. And he could never do that. And that's why he is so far out of the door. I don't know if he'll ever step foot in Detroit again. Hopefully, there's no way he gets another job anywhere, right? Like defensive coordinator wise, or even, I mean, God forbid, head coach, but defensive coordinator, who's going to take this dude, Bill Palachuk. Is he going to take him back? Probably not. He took uh, Josh McDaniels back, but Josh McDaniel is actually kind of a good offensive coordinator. I think this guy just needs a job.
1: Yeah. I, I think it's done. Like, like the only avenue for him to get back into relevant coaching again would be for him to take some like, defensive line coach job with like the jets and hope that he can work <laughs> his way back up. Like it's, it's a little we'll coach like Akron.
2: Right. Yeah. For real. Akron. Like it, it's, a it's, little done. Action. Bro.
1: Like it's done. And, and
2: I would enjoy seeing
1: that Matt
2: on my, on my TV Wednesday night at 9.00 PM playing in a Hell little bit yeah. of action. That'd be Hell awesome. Yeah. Always. If he's on the TV, just instantly bet against him. Cause that's like there that's the only exactly. Wait, make a wait until money. his
1: school gets a lead first, then bet against him. The, this
2: this guy owes way. me so much. Just not even money, but like, just <laughs> years back of my life. Like this dude, th- like took at least five years, probably off my life expectancy. The last three years he's been here, so I think he owes all of us a lot more than he he thinks he does. And he also stole a lot of money from the team in the process.
0: Yeah, That is definitely for sure. And my next question is, what is going on? I think Matt Patricia might be the most hated. I could be naive, but I think he's the most hated coach I've ever seen. Because you, on Twitter today, it was just, everybody was firing on all. It was bad. <laughs> i saw, really excited. It, was, it was tough. It was Dude, tough. Dude, these names that got in there, Ebron, yeah. uh, Slay. Uh who was the most vocal? Oh, Robinson A'shaun, was the most yeah. most vocal. Like he sounded like he hated his guts. Bro, I'm just going to say if if that's
1: true and I have no reason not to believe A'Shaun Robinson, if that quote if that quote is it? true, Matt Patricia apparently according to A'Shaun, Matt Patricia looked him in the eye and told him I'm going to ruin your football career. If that's true, <laughs> he is the biggest POS I have ever seen. In my, like <laughs> That is horrible. That is horrible. How you tell, like, like, hey, how you tell anyone like that 20. is beyond me.
2: He, he I, was probably like 22 years old at the time,
1: too. Literally. literally and, and not only – if you tell anyone that, you're a horrible person, you're telling that to, at the time, one of your starting defensive linemen. <laughs> what could he have Who's possibly actually playing done? Well.
0: Who's Please, t- I would well love
1: to know what a Sean Robinson possibly could have done to deserve that comic. Yeah.
0: That
2: is horrible. How do you not punch him in the face after that?
1: Literally. Like, what the hell? Like if that, oh if that oh is true.
2: God. I don't know. I want, I like, I want to believe it. Cause why would he lie about that? But that seems so far fetched. Man, like what professional would ever say that, but that is a Matt Patricia thing that I could see happening because Mr. Mr. Tough guy. Yeah. You guys are going to run laps in 102 degree weather on a, on a July afternoon. Like that's that's the Matt Patricia I am used to seeing. So I actually kind of believe him. The only the only player I won't stand like tweeting out Ziggy Yonsa, dude. Get that guy off my time. <laughs> yeah. This dude played like four games in six years and you're gonna you're gonna comment, oh it's about time. Dude, did you even play a game under Matt Patricia? <laughs> like, like like and then you had a huge contract in Seattle and guess where you're at now? You're on San Francisco and I think he's on the practice squad or, I mean, he's not on the practice squad. He's just not playing. That's the only dude I saw that, like, pissed me off. I don't know about you guys, but I saw that. I'm like, Darius Slay, go at him. A'shaun, go at him. If he said that, A'shaun, I would have killed him. But it, Ziggy onsets
0: keep this dude away from my screen. Was there any – I think
1: you got a point with that. I think you
0: got a point. <laughs> was there any point in this Matt Patricia tenure where he actually, like, had a locker room like the locker room was intact The one the Patriots game. game
1: the, the yes, one Patriots game after the Patriots win that is so the happy. only time <laughs> that he ever had the locker room under control within seven days With... of that game it was over
2: that we're is we're the like only we're Owen two or Owen three after Koffoff we losing to the Jets on Monday Night Football after yes, the greatest, we were, like, first play ever for us.
1: I want to say after that game, we were 1-3. and three. I Yeah,
2: say. I, t- I want to say we were, like, 0-3 oh, or something. And yeah. I remember looking at, like, the Twitter videos of Stafford, like, hugging the shit out of Matt Patricia. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, this is, the, this is the locker room. Like, I'm so excited for this team. Matt Patricia's got us. Like, we're back. We're not going to make the playoffs this year, but we're so back.
1: The big one wrong. was the they had that big the big video of him after like like with the whole locker room giving out the game ball and stuff yep. and they gave it yep. to him and it was like oh first win and everyone was freaking out and stuff and everyone oh, was tell like tell us he yeah. doesn't
2: have the locker room yeah. tell us he <laughs> Do you know what that, that's equivalent to and like why he was like I don't want to say why he kept his job but that's Bob Quinn with the baseball bat like this in the yep, draft. The room. baseball bat. That, baby. That's the only only reason Bob Quinn was still here. But, Sheila Ford looked at that. She, that's hanging up on her wall right now, actually. Yeah. She's to take it down. She's uh, like, this dude wants to win here. This is why he's here.
0: Look, he and that's what
2: bought bat. Matt Patricia like two more years was that, that exact win.
0: Yeah, he looked like Billy Bean with that. <laughs> Bro. It,
2: it's, so, it's so, it's so, it's just bad. a laughing stock, man. Like, uh, I can't deal with
1: it. Used to be my buddy's Twitter header, was it? Was <laughs> so that's that's phenomenal,
2: but yeah, yeah. When you, your buddy needs to change it to July to Vi, it's just your yeah.
1: Twitter header, no, I didn't, I didn't say it like that. <laughs> <laughs> but
0: going back to that Jets game, for me, going back to that first question, I think that was where. I I think uh, the Fords had enough of Matt Patricia because you first game as a head coach in the NFL and you come out trotting out in a backwards hat as a head coach. I know you were the defensive coordinator, but when you get beat 41 to 17, I, I, after that game, I was like, so help me God, he better wear that hat uh, (laughs) forwards the next game. And he, he, he did. So that was actually a plus, but, I couldn't, I I'm never going to drop that because he actually tried it out in a backwards hat in his first ever coaching game.
2: Dude, the thing about that game, going to that, that first play was probably the loudest I've ever like heard Ford field. And, And I've had season tickets for 10 odd years. I've seen so many moments good and bad, right? That was just, you couldn't even hear yourself think when he was running that back and That joy is something that I want to feel more than I do as a Lions fan, but I'm scared that I'm never going to get to feel that again. And we lost that game by like 30 points. (laughs) Like that was the happiest I've ever been as a Lions fan was (laughs) us losing by 30. (laughs) The first game on Monday night football. That's a great point. That's a great point. Who sees ghosts.
1: You can you can go back you can go back to my Twitter feed, like go back to me live tweeting that game, whatever, two years ago, a year ago. And um you can you can see me go you can see me freak out during that first play, and then slowly as the game goes along, <laughs> I go, I'm like, I'm like, hell yeah, like like new head coach, like this is it, this is like Super hell ball. of a start like playoffs, like we finally got our guy. And then by like halfway through the third (laughs) quarter, I'm like, all right, maybe, maybe maybe this is not going to work. And by the end of the game, I'm like, this is a straight up embarrassment and we do not get enough credit for being the worst franchise in sports. This is a literal joke.
0: And I have no doubts in my mind. That was the loudest Ford field was because after the Matt Patricia hire that that whole offseason, we were absolutely stoked as Lions fans, like going into that year. Like we were
2: He's bringing in Patriots players left and, and right. Exactly. Excited.
0: Re- the amount of hype in the city for that was insurmountable. And then to just come out like that had to be great. And then it just all fell through like right after that play. Because I think even the G- the Jets' defense was like calling our offensive plays or something like that. They knew our whole play oh, before yep. the game. I remember that. And Matt Patricia's first game oh, yeah, ever. Right. That was a nightmare. Who's offensive man. coordinator?
2: It wasn't Bevel.
0: No, that was Jim Bob, was
2: it? wasn't it? It was, it was still G- JBC. Patricia retained him. I forgot about that. Yeah, I love me some Jim Bob Cooter. Jim Bob Cooter, man. What man. a legend.
0: What do you guys think about Danny O, offensive coordinator next year? <laughs>
2: I mean, he knows the game. He does know the game extremely well. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know Stafford really well. well. I don't think Stafford's going to be here next year, but.
1: Yeah, that's a. Uh, it would be interesting. I don't know. It depends
2: who they hire as head coach. I mean, we'll get into that in a second. But if they bring in an offensive mind and head coach, don't, don't hire an offensive coordinator, dude. Like, if you're, unless it's somebody that you are bringing with you from the place that you are at, who is okay with giving up the plays on whatever side of the ball you're at, just, just prove to the Lions fans. You're good at what you do and and just put it on the field. Don't let anybody else do it.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I I don't, unless, uh, like you said, unless it's your guy, unless it's like Ben, your guy and, and, and the guy that you, have you know, unless you're bringing in your guy, like don't interview people. Like don't don't mess around exactly. and don't, don't go find somebody else. You you either stick with what we have or you you bring in like you said like your guy to do it. I, I don't need I don't need a long interview process to get back some some other offensive.
2: As soon as team. that head coach is, is hired, get me a new defensive coordinator or whoever you have the opposite side of the ball from you, and that's it. Like if if you're a defensive guru, hopefully it's not a defensive guru. If it's offense, like, just keep them, keep them there. We love our and gurus. I, that, that kind of gets us into our next point here is I have the live odds for the next Detroit lions head coach to be hired. Ooh. Wow. This could be a marvelous process. This could be an agonizing process. I don't think one's Nobody's going to be hired until mid off season. I think which is going to suck. It's going to be over like five months. But currently the two favorites are Robert Sallah, defensive coordinator from the San Francisco 49ers. Mm-hmm. Michigan State was actually linked to this dude. He's from Michigan. some ties there. I think he is 700 times the coach that Matt Patricia ever was. And opposite side of the ball, completely uh, turnaround here is Eric Bieniemy. He is also around six to one oh, odds, sir. offensive guru. Kansas City Chiefs offense coordinator don't have to say much about that they score probably 50 points a game something stupid so those two are currently the favorites I that's obviously some change people get fired people move around a lot of jobs open up those two would be best case scenario for me either one you could throw in Lincoln Riley too who is like 13 to two so what is that like six and six and a half to one so those three are my go-to guys I don't know how you guys are feeling but those three are one, two, three on my list. If they get hired, this is a half, happy, happy podcast.
1: I want Eric the enemy so badly. That'd be so fun. So bad. Definitely fun. Um, I by far my number one, and it's not particularly close. And I'm not at the point. I'm not like, I'm not like him or bust. Like, I don't think if we don't get him, it's like a failed process. Like, like go through your interviews, get your guy. You know what I Definitely. mean. But, but, but for me personally, where I sit, um, which is worth nothing to anyone, I want Eric Bienem.
2: So oh, it's worth something to us. Come on. Come on. <laughs> that's bad. And, and your followers on Scott from Twitter, your Twitter Scott followers, <laughs> Scott, are, from Twitter. Are, uh, Scott from Twitter. Scott from Twitter. That means your opinion
1: means a lot too. I want, I want be Eric Bienem so bad, man. The only- I, I, so badly.
0: The only thing that scares me about Eric Bietemi is just the amount of assets he has on his offense. Uh, I mean, you got the sure. best quarterback in the NFL, and then you got Tyreek Hill, and you even got a little CEH back there. But it, it, it doesn't really scare me because I think that his offense is so creative that he, it'll, it'll be creative with anyone. Because, uh, I mean, if you retain Stafford next year, all that all that jazz. I still think that Bienemi could put a little bit of his his touch on, on the offense and call great play. I hopefully hopefully he'll he'll call plays as a head coach. Uh you never know. But my question was why would we why would the Lions be more attractive than let's say, I don't know, uh the New York Jets right now? Um I
2: Overall, I think we're way more attractive. I I, I was just having a discussion with my friend earlier because he's a big Jets fan, so you know it's kind of funny we go back and forth about it. <laughs> I was talking about how the Jets do have the most cap space, right? They're obviously going to have the number one overall pick, barring some miracle. And you know it's a big town, New York City. Like it's awesome. The Madelands is a be- like a beautiful stadium. Everybody wants to go to New York. All this. That's like the aura around Detroit but when your franchise is so 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 like just looked upon and kicked and remembered for a butt fumble it like drives people away from that place specifically I think the Lions are actually way more like attractive because you do have a QB if you want to keep this dude's going to be good for another six years you have a running back who is (laughs) <laughs> I think going to be here for a long time he's going to be very good you have a young wide receiver who if you are hired here you're going to re-sign him right away you have some pieces on the defense that are young good pieces that can be reworked and re into be uh, to be great players and they're under the wrong system right now if you look at it that way the Jets th- these dudes have like Braxton Berrios running wide receiver one routes for and and having Sam Darnold who you know, sees ghosts on Monday Night Football. Obviously, you'd have Trevor got Lawrence, a point. that offensive line is also terrible outside of Matti Becton, who is just a behemoth of a man, if you guys know who that is, blocking uh, for Trevor Lawrence. Outside of that, you you have to spend a lot of money in free agency, and that's banking a lot on people go to New York just to – you have to believe in the process. I think the Lions are way less of a process than the New York Jets are right now.
1: Yeah, I I think that we are more attractive than the Jets. I think, um, you know, it's hard to look at it without bias, but I just think that um, we have a lot more. Even if a head coach was to take over here and go into a rebuild right, right away, I think we would get through it quicker than the jets because the jets are starting at no doubt rock bottom no. rock, yeah they're they zero assets right now. yes especially if they end up trading quinn and williams in the offseason they will literally have zero assets and the lions while you know they might strip it down and, and they might trade assets away they might trade stafford whatever, and rebuild but we still have like swift is not going anywhere that's not how a rebuild works you're not going to trade him you're not you know okuda's been horrible but you still have a a what's projected to be a, a, a great corner down the line. Um Hawkinson, like you have assets where you can strip this down and build it back up in the same amount of time that the Jets are just going to be building it back up. Um between that and I don't know. I as weird as it sounds like like I feel like you'd have a lot more leash here. Like I don't know, maybe way longer. Yeah. Leash. Like
0: like That's a good point. The, the
1: Jets the jets i'm not saying you're gonna go to the jets and be expected to you know win a super bowl right away because you're taking over what will probably be a a one or less win team but like you know we're gonna be way more patient like as like we just want to win so badly and i know that's kind of um i kind of just contradicted myself but like there's there's i i just think ownership and and you know we don't even know who our gm is right now I, i just feel like there'd be a lot more leash for a for a brand new regime than there will a, a head coach taking over a winless team. Um, and, yeah, at the end of the day, uh, I'm way more worried about losing those top coaching candidates that you listed off. I'm way more worried about losing them to, um, like, the Chargers or the Falcons than, than I am the Jets, honestly.
0: Yeah, I,
2: that's actually a really good point because I want to know who – like, what coaches are going to be fired and who are not going to be fired?
0: Especially if the Lions do tear it down. I think there will be more of a leash, that, uh, like you scared, uh, sure. said, Scott. But the only thing that scares me about the Jets is that they are on the cusp of getting a generational quarterback, Trevor Lawrence. For sure. And For sure, it's, it's cutting it close. Like, <laughs> when you get a guy like Trevor Lawrence, it's just – it goes up a whole nother notch or a whole nother Absolutely. level. So that's the only thing that's holding me back. Cause with Trevor Lawrence and even if they don't have a single soul of anybody else and who knows, they got a lot of money they could spend Juju Smith Smith's uh, on like a wide receiver, like Smith Schuster, somebody like that. But I don't want this podcast to be about, be about the jets, but I'm just saying jets are looking like they could be an attractive spot for head coaches. There's also other attractive uh, spots for head coaches, I just think that if we can kind of uh, get Galladay back, I think he'll be more open to coming back because we fired Bob Quinn.
2: Absolutely. I really, I
0: really believe he had a bad relationship with Bob Quinn because I don't know. And what... Matt
2: Patricia, probably. Yeah, probably. That's, obviously, that's subjective, but it, that, that's got to be the only case if you're not signing when everybody
0: else wants you sign. Because Scott already listed the guys we got in offense, and with Kenny Galladay, if if he comes back. Like that offense, there's assets there. Already. And that offensive
2: line is also very young, too. So it's not like that mm-hmm. offense is just
1: incapable of putting points. up any points. Like, yeah. That yeah.
2: offensive line has people,
1: uh, has a few people that will be here for years and, yeah. like, be solid, uh, per, you know, per, barring injury, for years. Like that, the mm-hmm. offense really will not. Uh, unless you plan on moving Stafford and, and, and getting a new young quarterback in here, the offense will get built up way, way quicker than, than, you know, if you want to go into a rebuild that the offense would, would be back to form a lot quicker than, than, well, a the defense but be the offense on a lot of other teams.
0: Yeah. The only thing that scares me about uh, the lions is the defense. That thing's that part of the football has got to get it's,
2: it's got to get constructed no, it's, from it's the ground really up. Bad.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's like <laughs> there's
2: like three pieces that I'd say okay, let's keep, and the rest got to go. Yeah. It, it's it's honestly, it's it's it's
1: <laughs> it's unbelievably bad. Like yeah. like it's to the point where where, and, and I I do blame a lot of it on, on coaching. I really do like like the refusal to blitz. No and Like like I I really blame a lot of it on coaching. But that being said, like 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 just personnel wise not how good the defense as a whole performed just personnel wise the linebacking core is maybe the worst in football like and, i don't think it's close yeah and, and it's really not as as a whole that's that's where most people start when they build a defense is they start at linebacker and build out yeah and 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 we, we don't have, we don't have any linebackers. We have none. We have no linebackers that, that deserve to be on a, on a, like a competitive, no linebackers on this team would, would be, would start on a competitive football team. So that's, yeah, the defense, there's a lot of holes, but to the original point, yes, the offense absolutely um, has a lot of pieces that are going to be here a long time, presumably. And that's, you know, uh, that's got to be worth something in the in the eyes of a,
2: of
0: a new head coach. Especially the enemy coming on the offensive side. So that could be interesting. Yeah, you could definitely else.
2: work around the offense very, well, very fast. And I actually think the Lions are going to luck out a little bit. It's, I, I, looking at these teams, I'm looking at the AFC and the NFC. A lot of these guys aren't going to be looking for head coaches outside of the teams that have already fired their coaches. The Falcons, I, we know they're looking. Carolina's not very good, but they've got their coach for the future right? That's a bad team. The Vikings aren't, are never going to fire Mike Zimmer. Maybe Matt Nagy gets fired. I don't think he does, especially this year. I think he gets one more year. The 49ers, the worst team in their division, Kyle Shanahan's awesome. Maybe Mike McCarthy after one year. I don't think he's a one and done. Um, The Eagles, Doug Peterson's not going anywhere anytime soon. Shifting to the AFC, the Jets, no, nah, that's that's pretty easy. That's yeah. dead man walking. Adam Gates. he's gone. We've already talked about them. But then you go to the Chargers. I think Anthony Lynn gets a little bit more time, maybe another year or two there. The Broncos, um, I forgot who's their head coach. Is that, it's not Gary Kubiak anymore, but he's he's brand new as well. So I don't think he gets fired. And that leaves what the Jaguars? Who Doug Marone? Oh, he's I don't know. getting canned. He's getting. He, I
1: think he's getting canned. Well. Yeah, he's although
2: probably, he was in that the Super Bowl. That team is not attractive at all, so I'm not worried about them. The Texans, I think, I think the Texans and the Lions kind of go hand in hand a little bit, and they need a coach. Romeo Cornell is like 75 years old and head coaching right now, as a long term solution, yeah. No, Uh, um, then the Bengals just got, I think, Zach Taylor is actually a good coach, and that team's on the the upcoming, uh, I've talked about in the few uh, last few weeks here, so I think there's borderline like three other teams that could be looking for head coaches like outside of the teams that already fired their coaches. So lions have a lot of options and there's not that many teams that are going to be looking for a head coach right at this very moment. So I think the Lions could get one of their top three candidates without a problem. If, if they know what they're doing, if Sheila Ford's know how knows how to redirect her way around and actually get people to sign the biggest part is going to be signing a competent GM to let you lead the team, Lewis Riddick's my guy. Oh, yeah. I guess with the I'm GM, made, it's man. like kind of impossible to guess and know who's going to go where because there's so many assistant GMs and people under people. It's kind of just a shot in the dark with who you're hiring. But I think the Lions are actually in a very good spot this year firing their coach.
1: Yeah, I I have been very vocal about how this – It you had to do it midseason, man. You, you had to. Like you had to take – Cause the fact of the matter is, is that this offseason there probably will be whether it's just one team or whether it's two or three teams, more attractive jobs on the market than the Detroit lions. You had to fire him mid season so that you could get a leg up and be the first one at the door and start this interview process before maybe someone who, who fires their coach a week after week 17. You know what I mean? Like it's, and especially with this weird ass year and that the season can honestly end at any second. Like the, it was so important. It was so important to fire him mid season. It was so, it was, it was vital. There's no
2: way we could have watched like, this dude for like eight more weeks. There's no right. way.
1: Exactly. It, it was, it was so important to fire him mid season. And then there were some people on, on Twitter that were, like oh like I want him fired, but there's no point in firing him. Before. Like shut up. Oh, that's complete. Like
2: that's, no, like, like, <laughs> that's um, the worst thing. Why are you
1: entitling me a terrible coach? It's it's horrible. And 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 again, just on just on the sheer standpoint of of getting the next regime here as soon as possible. It you had to you had to you had to, you had to fire him midseason. You had to.
0: And to your point, uh, firing a GM midseason is is very beneficial because. The draft is gonna come quick and we can't be scrambling to find a GM right before the draft because the draft is probably one of the most biggest part uh, parts of, of a GM's job and of a lions gotta,
1: GM's job. Too.
0: Exactly. Cause we gotta build through the draft. We can't build through the wallets. But um yeah, and, and if the Lions ownership can start. Finding GMs to uh, that they want to interview, they want to talk to now, it's it's gonna help them find one right after the season's done and we can get going and, and start moving faster than other teams, like you said, Scott. It's
2: way more lenient on the GM side as well. If you want to talk to somebody right now, I'm I'm almost certain that they can talk to whoever they want outside yeah, they of like somebody in a GM position in the NFL. Correct. They can talk to assistant GMs, they can talk to guys under um organizational contract you can talk to the
1: head of scouting if you wanted to as long as as long as their job title is not general manager you can talk to them
2: wow which is a huge advantage and you i think you you have to get this done immediately and you have to i guess you have to get a gauge for what head head coach you want to have but literally within the first week of after the season ends and things open, you need to get that GM and get a GM that wants to work with a certain head coach. And those two have to be your main guys. And you throw whatever money you want at them, because if you were being real here that the quickness is always the most important thing. If you look at the Detroit Tigers, Alivia literally called AJ Hinch the second that it was available to happen to him. And they got their guy the first day. Don't I look don't want to wait. There's no reason to make this team wait any longer.
0: <laughs> yeah. Don't look back, Telly. That's all I got to say. Just just yeah. go get your guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, we, we could get into this game a little bit here. Uh, yeah, I was
2: about to say, we should get into the game a little bit. We don't have to go <laughs> oh, over right. it too much because uh, <laughs> I mean, back-to-back weeks where there's nothing to talk about. We could have bitched about coaching for another week but there's no more to bitch about because he's not our coach anymore so it's right, awesome yeah
0: yeah i, hope I gotta i
2: gotta bring up the box score man i don't even remember the score that means that's that's so <laughs> well, far out of my memory
0: it, w- it was ugly that's that's all we gotta say there's a
2: lot to a little here
0: will fuller kind of was basically the lion's father on sunday doing his thing
1: <laughs> Yep, played <laughs> against him in fantasy too so it was a double oh, oh, that's uh, a double win. the old double-edged sword yeah
0: well, here's my plus. I started the Texans defense five minutes before kickoff and they got Great a move. defensive score for me. So I was pretty pumped about that. that such a
2: garbage defensive
1: score. <laughs> it was not good. Yeah.
0: Dude, I at first I was like shit. And then I was like, oh, I started the Texans D today. Let's go. So <laughs> that kind of uh evened it out for me. But other than that, Thanksgiving was good. Um I hope everybody had a good Thanksgiving besides this lion's loss.
2: <laughs> I mean we're kind of used to it, so it's not like really I don't think it's gonna affect anybody.
1: Honestly, it's it's point.
2: it's a Thanksgiving tradition. Yeah. It's, it's...
0: <laughs> Sadly at this point, hopefully yeah. not in the future. <laughs> hopefully. Yeah. But This game was just an utter disaster. There's no way to put this
1: game. Train
0: Going into this game, it felt like this was Matt Patricia's job on the line, and it really was, as as we know. But when the Lions came out and scored, it was completely like – it took me off guard almost because I did not expect to see our offense strike that early, especially with DeAndre Swift not playing – uh, this week because I really believe DeAndre Swift is the heart and soul of this Detroit Lions offense. There's no doubt about it in my mind, but so that offense, that, that score right off the bat, it almost put a little energy in me to want to win this game. But after the, when Matt Patricia opted to p- throw out a third stringer out there as a running back and he fumbled first.
2: Oh yeah. Let me go look at his stat line.
0: Oh, when you guys watched that, fumble, what was going through your minds?
2: One carry, five yards, one fumble. Yeah, that's uh, that's about right. Uh, watching
1: <laughs> watching this team these days is it's just a lot of emotionless. Just I am dead
2: inside.
0: I can't no. I I can't even get through oh. this podcast without laughing. It's just, oh, yeah.
2: I mean, it's just, it's actually extremely laughable because when he went out there, I think we all looked through our like our TV strength. We, we squinted, we're like, who the hell is that? I'm like, <laughs> Ty Johnson isn't on this team anymore. Literally. I saw like some 41. I think that's what Ty Johnson wore here last year. And next thing you know, they're like, oh, of course he's going to fumble, right? And then instantly the ball is on the floor. And you're like, Yes, these dudes want to be fired. Like it's all it's all in the master plan to get fired. And they did <laughs> if their job was to get fired, they they did a
0: hell of a they did job. A,
1: they literally did a job finished. They literally did their job.
0: <laughs> that was it. And my literal reaction of watching that play, he actually made a nice cut. So I was like, Oh, okay. And then he when I saw the ball come out, I was like who the hell is running the football right now? I literally got out of my seat. I was like, literally the exact reaction Tally had. It was just, I couldn't believe my eyes. when I saw that. Oh, well, Well, that's actually something
2: that brings me back to like what we were talking about with what pissed off Sheila Ford the most is looking at the stat line right now. I have the whole box score and all that. I'm looking at Adrian Peterson 15 carries, 55 yards, and you, you know he did have two D- TDs on the one yard line, but Sheila Ford sitting up there in the press box watching a- Adrian Peterson walk, literally, not he's not even running anymore. He's literally walking into the back of his offensive lineman every single run. Like it's so hard to watch. And, and honestly, I'd rather watch Glass Knee carry on, run the ball 20 times a game, and if he if he gets hurt, he gets hurt. Then, then, watch Adrian Peterson run for two point three yards per carry. Whatever he does, week in week out, and, and taking carries from our better running backs, our far superior running backs. He's a walking back. It's
0: horrible. Literally, and, and we didn't even get into the pick six by Stafford, but uh, that was a, a, nothing short of just why throw JJ Watt's way. It just didn't really make much sense to me. But... That was a good
2: play by JJ Watt. Yeah. Taylor Decker's got, I think, got to do a little better job of staying on the block. But JJ Watt used to be like my favorite defensive player. And it was cool to actually see him like take one of the house on the Lions for good old time's <laughs> sake. Put put his, put this, the sword right in the chest.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it was, uh, uh, th- This whole game, I I basically watched, like, Sheila Ford with my head in my hands. Um, Oh, that
2: that image was funny. And people on Twitter loved that one, too.
1: Yeah, they did. Um, I, 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 Adrian Peterson's a walking back. The, the, he's not a, he's
2: not a running back that's facts
0: he did have a the, couple of good nice little runs sh- to start the second half yeah round. he did he broke one for like 10 and I was
2: like oh ap
0: i would rather i mean like
1: tally said i would rather carry on get carries like what what adrian peterson is not a a how do i word this at least at one point people thought carry on would be something right yeah. At at one point,
2: Which and, he still can be.
0: He's very right. Young.
1: That's my point. Why are we not get Adrian Peterson? Will never. What are we going to have him at forty two years old? Like he will never be a long term uh um solution. If I guess you would say to this team, like carry on. There is still a, a no matter how small, there is still a very slim chance that he could actually be something. He's still young enough. I, I don't understand. At this point in the season, with with the season basically thrown out the window already, by far, why, way out the window, right? Why you're not just just feeding carry on when Swift is out? It makes absolutely no sense to me. Absolutely no sense, and that frustrated me more than anything. But yeah, the 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 fumble and the pick, those were all cool, I guess. Like I. I <laughs> Yeah, that was fine. I, like I, and it's not I, like
2: Carryon had a bad stat line either. I mean, he was eleven for forty-seven yards, four point two a carry. Yeah,
1: that's not bad. That's
2: that warrants more carries, in my opinion. So, I mean, what's the point on you, especially with DeAndre Swift out? Like, let just let Carryon get as many carries as he wants. If we're losing by fifty, we're losing by fifty. Just just keep going. Just hand him off to Paul. He's going to be the number two here next year. It's going to be right. DeAndre Swift and Carryon Johnson. It's going to be kind of a one-two punch. DeAndre Swift's going to get them. I would say probably 75% of the carries next year, but you want carry on here to block and sometimes catch the ball out of the backfield. And I think he's an above average backup running back. So why not just give him the carries and make him happy now for, and, and let him pick up his player option or team option, whatever he has next year.
0: Although he, he, he did carry the ball like, like a fool in that game. Yeah, that
2: was, that was so bad. That, that, <laughs> that fumble was not good.
0: I just don't understand. There's yeah, a lot the right. of those. And the way he catches the ball, and then he's got it, like, in one hand. Even after the fumble, I was like, dude, wrap the, dude the ball. The dude thinks he's Shady up. McCoy. He literally thinks he's Shady McCoy. He literally carries it like Shady, man. I couldn't, I can't even believe it. At least Shady
2: was good, man.
0: Yeah, at least.
2: <laughs> no, you guys, you know what set me off the most about the game? Here comes Mohamed Sanu, of course, yeah. ex-Patriot, right? Yeah. Catching the touchdown. Why are these dudes in the end zone down by, like, 20, taking pictures, celebrating, (laughs) dancing? I'm like, you guys are down 16 points with five minutes left. What are you taking pictures for? Muhammad Sanu, I know you're on the practice squad a week ago. Why are you dancing? You've been in the NFL for how many years, man? Nobody cares. You just scored your first touchdown of the 2020 season except for you. Stop dancing. We're pissed off.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't agree anymore, Tally. It's
2: a good point. Set me off. That one was like, oh God, like that's the most lines thing. Like you're celebrating like you just won the Super Bowl. It's the same thing with last week when they got the second pick in the end zone down by 20 with five minutes left. I'm like, why are these dudes on the fan cam? Like why why do we care so much? Win the game before you celebrate. I just don't it's something that I don't understand hopefully the next coach gets the players to care when they're actually tied in a game or winning rather than when you're down by 20 and celebrating a touchdown. that doesn't matter.
0: Definitely wasn't a great look. And then, I mean, I guess the Jamie Collins strip was, was good, I guess.
2: <laughs> That's so far in the back of my memory. Like, it, the game feels like it was three weeks ago. I just don't remember. I just ate food and watched the shitty Cowboys game after and, I think I'm just – like, my my brain was con- content with just forgetting the game because I thought everything was going to be okay the next couple days. And here we are today. Matt Patricia fired. My brain is saying to me, this football game doesn't matter anymore. Just don't remember. Like, that Jamie Collins sack, you could have told me somebody else strip sacked him, and I would have believed you in a heartbeat. Like, I just have no no recognition of the game at all. And I'm <laughs> glad for that, actually.
1: Yeah.
0: Can you hear me? I yep, think yep, you might be unplugged, here. Scott.
1: Yeah, you're a little quiet though. I don't know what happened,
0: man. Yeah, we're good. Scott from Twitter, a little technical difficulties. <laughs> little technical... Scott
1: from Twitter, man.
0: Scott from Twitter <laughs> is having some problems. Un- unbelievable. It don't we're no. not missing
2: much. We're not talking about too much here.
0: It got really loud and then it like went really faint. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what happened. Oh, you're good now. You're good. You're good. Well, can good. we talk? Yeah, you're in. You're in. All
2: right, oh. all right. All we can right. actually talk about a good spot. Jack Fox, <laughs> three punts, forty-six MVP. yard average, yeah, two within twenty. He's I he's mean, literally the best player good on the good. team. All All Pro, first team All Pro. My opinion, guys, the go. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> kidding.
1: Team. When they do like the the like Detroit Lion of the year, if it's not Jack Fox, it's rich. Yeah, I don't know. Like it, it literally be. has to be him.
2: They, they might give it to, um um. O'Quara oh, but if my Wait. second my second's probably Jack Fox this dude's, this dude's an animal he's going to be the only all pro on the lions <laughs> and the only one that even gets close to a vote for all pro ridiculous
0: got to criticize the the touchback though he had his uh, sixth touchback oh, was, that's I true, know though. he was devastated about that <laughs> he, was, he, was, he, he was, was mad he was mad <laughs> <laughs> oh that that was a highlight uh, there wasn't yeah, a- that's the, literally yeah. the only hitting point in the game was Jack Fox pinning
2: them within the 20 twice. Two others, three. 66% average is pretty damn good.
0: I would say. I mean, what else was there to highlight here? Oh, Stafford dude, had some good throws. Not a lot. Yeah, Stafford's touchdown throw. That's that was fair. There. Yeah.
2: That was a good throw. We'll give him it. I mean. Yeah, he threw for 300. Jamal Agnew. Oh, oh, wait. Matt Stafford, the catch, the almost oh catch. That gosh. was sweet, dude. That was actually pretty dope. It was a catch. I, th- I thought he was coming. It, it did. Dude, he got smoked in the head. That's why he didn't catch it. it. Did.
0: Of course, Matt Patricia challenged that,
2: though. He might have one of the worst challenge percent. Like, this isn't even like, like boosting anything. This guy <laughs> doesn't win a challenge. Like, he genuinely does not ever win a challenge.
1: I think uh, I think it's funny that Jamal Agnew, who was drafted as a corner, might be a better quarterback than a cornerback.
2: Yeah. He might be a better quarterback than he is anything else on the roster. I mean, other. Because that seen. was, a dime. That, yeah, was a, a dime. that was a dime.
1: That was a dime.
2: He floated that boy in there and it dropped right in his. Heart. Two he defenders. Stafford still doesn't care, dude. Like, he's out there throwing his body on the line trying to catch a touchdown pass like that was that's so cool to see like that's my quarterback i love that dude i feel so bad for him but if he's still trying the whole team has no other no reason not to be trying every single play every single snap
0: hey guys at least jamal Agner's still on the team cough cough uh, uh yeah, tea. yeah. My, my hitting
2: point last year yeah teased <laughs> <taber>. Tease Tease <laughs> table <laughs> Yeah, that strata dude that can't run a faster than a four eight.
0: That's yeah, another brutal thing. All yeah, right. Oh, don't freak out about his
2: forty time. Just why run. am I not oh freaking God, out about his that... forty time? You... <laughs> <laughs> Shit, put me in a race with this dude. I'm keeping up. Tees, <laughs> yeah, that's another reason why Bob Quinn's out of here. This guy can't hit in the first or second round. That
1: yeah. is a great call. Tease Tabor is, is definitely a, a blemish on that record. Yeah.
2: yeah. Oh, you know, that dude, I actually wish he came out on Twitter and said something about, like, Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn. That would have <laughs> been awesome. That would have been, been awesome. hilarious. <laughs> that would have been the best one.
0: Oh, shit. Oh. Oh,
2: it's, oh Scott, looking into the future just a little bit, you're going to be able to do our – our prediction, you're going to have a overall record on the podcast coming up here soon Will we predict next week's game, because I don't think we'll be doing a podcast on Tuesday as we're hitting everything kind of here, unless they hire somebody out of the blue, like uh, maybe Bill O'Brien to say the least. Um, just <laughs> I'm saying.
0: but Oh, we got interim uh, Daryl Bevel to say this.
2: <laughs> I think we all know who we're going to pick and we're all going to be 1-0, but I think we should do a closest score here when we, when we get into it, because it, like Lions it. football, we have like a Full week from today now. Now it's Sunday night. I mean, uh, Sunday morning. But it's gonna. This is gonna be a, a nice one to see after the the rematch of Week One here against the Chicago Bears.
0: It's gonna be such a disaster in Chicago in December. We never play well in the cold for some reason. But I just wanted to touch on a little Deshaun Watson here, dude. I think East. this guy. He, he's East, man. If you give him something like, did you see what he did with DeAndre Hopkins? He just had – that was his only guy. And they, they actually almost beat the – They traded
2: him for uh, – yeah, for not a lot.
0: It made no <laughs> yeah, David
2: sense. Johnson, concussion boy. David Johnson, baby. guy's so bad.
0: How could the In Texans screw that up, man?
2: Dude, did you see his tweet too, DeAndre Hopkins' tweet? Yeah. He's thankful he that – <laughs> I'm thankful they traded me for a second rounder. I was like, dude, that's gotta be a shot. <laughs> that's what he that's, tweeted. Yeah, he, tweeted he literally that.
1: tweeted like like the praying hands and he was like thankful that the Texans traded me for a second round pick.
2: Oh Yeah, that was a that's a gut shot. That's an absolute gut shot. That's, that's a gonna, kill that's shot. That's what we're gonna you know, that's what we're gonna be seeing next year when Matt uh Matt Stafford's on like the bears or something and he's going to be in a meaningful playoff game and winning them. He's going to tweet out on Thanksgiving. I'm just thankful for to be traded for a six round draft for a four. <laughs> it,
0: and, yeah. and it's, it's just going to be a
2: right hook straight to the mouth. It, it, oh, I'm, I rue that day, but I know it's coming. Ugh. Back, back to the beast uh, Deshaun Watson himself, though, that I think he's got some internal clock issues where he doesn't know when to get the ball out. He's a young quarterback. A lot of dudes have that problem. Carson Wentz hitting on that guy doesn't have anything sorts of an internal clock. I think Deshaun can actually develop that once he actually gets a, <laughs> a competent head coach and offensive coordinator around him as something he's never had. This dude, he's a winner. He's going to be a winner in this league in a long time. He's going to win. I think he's a Super Bowl type of quarterback. Good for the Texans. They got their their guy. And they're. I think even though it's not a very bright moment for them at the moment, they have a bright future. For sure, yeah. I, I think, With no first-round picks, though. Don't forget. That's it yeah, tough. To that's that's they're, tough. They're, that's true. Um,
1: it's
2: going to be a little bit tougher for them to rebuild, but – I. Now that self um, general manager Bill O'Brien, who basically promoted himself so from head dumb. coach to GM, is gone, yeah, they'll, they'll have some better dishes and decision makings, and they'll be good for the future. Yeah, they're they're
1: gonna be good. I, I think the that I just like Watson needs an old line man. Like yeah. that that old line is brutal, and and it didn't really get exposed. Against us because like we're us, but like against a, a competent defense like that, that O line
2: gets, gets exposed. A lot. Yeah, he gets like, hit a lot. His that whole just, career too,
1: like his whole mm-hmm. his whole pro career, he has had no offensive line and. That's and why that's his why,
2: highlights are so crazy too. Right. He's just exactly. running around everywhere. Exactly.
1: And that's why it made even it makes even less sense to, to trade Hopkins for a running back. But regardless,
2: the <laughs> turning for an offensive lineman that can at least help protect your dude.
1: Right. It it yeah. None of it made sense. But but I think he is even a, a mediocre offensive line, not even like a great one, just a, a solid, like like top. 12-13 offensive line, like, away from being a, an insane quarterback in
0: this league for a long yeah. time. Yeah, that's for sure. And that's
2: why he tore up the Lions on Thursday. and That is why. Not, we got everything we could handle.
0: And then probably one of the and last more. things I wanted to touch on was – Wellmore. It, I was just so thrown off guard on how bad the whole – scheme is and just to like touch on this one, one last time like I didn't understand what I was watching I was watching linebackers covering halfbacks we, we watched Jamie Collins try and guard Duke Jamie Johnson. Collins
1: yes Jamie Collins. Like, when Jamie Collins got put on Duke Johnson I almost threw my turkey through my
0: television
1: <laughs> it was and horrible
0: I I didn't have a I don't really have a problem with it but no safety help I had a problem with. Like, how do you how do you as a safety look at a linebacker covering a halfback and not even inch over that way, thinking the ball's gonna go over there? That's an easy read for a quarterback, and it just seems so far fetched from our defense to understand anything.
1: Yeah. He looked at it and went, nah, he's eye. Right. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh my gosh. Thank God it's over. Thank Literally, gosh, it's over. It's
2: over, man. Now all we have to do is look into the future and uh I don't know how the how bright the future is going to be this year as there is some some tougher matchups coming our way. We're to the yes. brutal part of the season right now. Also, I guess Hawkinson that's new looked good. Yeah, yeah, you know what? <laughs> sure. <laughs> From the practice squad. Why so not? Hawkinson looked Hawk looked very good. I mean, he the, the problem is actually that's actually a great point is Hawkinson they always go to him, I don't know if you guys notice this they go to him immediately at the start of the game and he yeah. dominates for like the first two two possessions and then they look completely look, for the rest of the game, he doesn't get thrown to, and I think he had like three catches on the first two drives, and then all in like eighty yards, or whatever, and then all of a sudden, the rest of the game he had like two catches. And if, yeah, you just to need to start feeding. <laughs> I've been I've been on this feed hawk train for a very long time because this dude gets open if they if they allow him to run routes into space and be the main guy. He could have ten catches a game, legitimately, and just dominate defenses. And there, I don't think he's being used correctly. That's a story for a different day. As you know, we don't have to worry about that really anymore. With you know, both sides of the ball are going to be up for a mid, big, big revamp. But just something I got sick of seeing every single no, game. I, every I, single game.
1: I think that's like, I think like Swift is obviously a big one, but I think Hawkinson is like one of the most exciting pieces of this team's future period. Like any, any side of the ball, whatever. Um, and I think that like next year when we're in the dog day, like if we strip it down and rebuild at like next year, I want him targeted 15 times a game. Like, I don't There's care. There's
2: no reason not to, especially I don't, you don't have uh, yeah Kenny.
1: I don't care if he brings in six. I really don't just throw it up like see what he can do like like it's just like in other sports like when you when you draft like a, a, a young rookie like like play the kid let's just see like we're gonna rebuild anyway you know what I mean like, like if we were if we were trying to win games on a playoff push sure be smarter about the football but in this situation let's just see what the kid can do, man. Just, I am seriously, I would target him 15 to 20 times a game and for not sure. even feel bad about it. I, I would do it for fun. Like I, it would,
2: that's, we know this I, guy can get open. It's not like he can't yes. get open. He literally gets open every. every yes. day. He's like the most consistent fantasy tight end. I mean, that's not a very good like ranking for how a player is, but he's like the third ranked scoring tight end. And you know, who are basically one and two every year, Kelsey and Kittle. And those dudes are on different levels.
1: That's why I want Bienemis so bad too, because I think the creativity he could have with, with Hawk could be yep, just Swift, special. Hawk. Yeah, I it, think he it'll could be
2: awesome. I think that would be the play time. calling
1: with Hawk's ability to get open. I think that could make for a lethal tight end in this league.
0: And block as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. He's a absolutely. With with and that along with you know the the um with Swift, like those packages that they could create with, with him blocking or, or play action stuff, like I I really think that he could let the creative juices flow.
0: Could be great. All
2: we want is – we've been begging for creativity and that's all. That's what the enemy would bring. I mean, another offensive guy, Lincoln Riley, whoever they bring, I want it to be an offensive guy, offensive guru. Just show me some creativity. I'd rather score a ton of points than just give up a ton of points. And I'd rather have fun while losing I've had. I'll take that with me till I die. I'd rather have fun while losing.
0: Oh, speaking of creativity, I forgot to. That was one of my striking points, but <laughs> it's game what eleven or so? Yeah, game eleven. Oh and yeah. We finally put some motion into our offense pre-snap and get some movement. It's it's a wonderful thing, but game eleven, I, I don't know. Finally, taking that, shots downfield. That's why they're gone.
1: See, but they you have situationally though, that's the thing. Like they finally put people in emotion and stuff, but when did they do it? They did it the first time drive of the game, and yeah. then when they would then when the game was out of reach. There was no motion g- going on when it was a, a one touchdown game or like a close game. It was yeah. all it was all when the game was already a blowout and then the first drive of the game and the first drive from half. And besides that, it is it is stale. It is yeah. gross, stale, <laughs> disgustingness, and that's
2: that's why they're gone. So that's
0: a great word to describe it—just completely stale. <laughs> it's gross, man.
2: This isn't is so us so letting it like Darren Bubble off the hook because Darren Bubble's going to be gone instantly yeah, whenever they bring in their new too. guy. He's not. I'm willing to like almost put my life on the fact that he doesn't get hired as the main guy to stay head coach. I don't I think he's done a good that. enough job. I think that would throw the city into uproar as we we just want change. He could have been a very good offensive coordinator. I still think he'd be gone because it just, the team needs that bad of a revamp. And when you have that bad uh, – when you need that bad of a revamp, you cannot bring back any pieces. It just needs to be stripped from the defensive line coach to the offensive line coach, whoever it is. They got to go. And so, Daryl Bevel, you're done you're so just vanilla and predictable it's time to go it's t- time to bring I want to have fun like I just said it's it's time to have fun Detroit Lions fan
0: yeah and before we get into our picks for next week we forgot to mention that flea flicker play I thought that was that was a nice oh. nice little gadget play that was fun yeah keep,
2: <laughs> keep that one in the books
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can run that again. I guess
2: that's (laughs) fine. Now the best part, where we get to pick uh, against the Lions here, as we're facing off the Chicago Bears, who have lost like a zillion in the row. After being five and one, they're now five and five. They're (laughs) begging for a win. I think they're finally going to get their win. They're playing the Lions, fresh off (laughs) a horrific thanksgiving day and surprisingly it was against the bears last year the Thanksgiving game was against the bears with the bear with uh that was the David Blau game as is so intimately remembered.
1: David Blau
0: I think well before you make your pick before you make your pick you gotta uh, remember Mitch Trubisky is supposed to be the starting quarterback. Yeah he tears us up every time he's gonna put up 45 on that makes me even want to pick
1: the bears more
0: (laughs) just wanted to make sure everybody (laughs) know
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nick do you think he's hurt still or something? I don't know. Nick Foles sucks, anyways. Yeah. That guy's just a side piece. He can't be ever, ever be a main piece. Can't be a full course meal when yes. you're. This dude's like the mashed potatoes on the <laughs> plate. Bridesmaid,
1: never a bride. That's yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> when he comes in, like that that wedding night, he is all over it, man few weeks after he's just not he's a nobody and that's why that's why the Bears suck they can't move the ball they have some nice pieces on offense too which kind of sucks to see that team just struggle so much but it was nice because of the Bears and we hate the Bears but getting into the pick I don't think there's that much to this one the Lions suck the Bears need to win the Bears suck too but they suck a whole lot less than us that that def- um, defensive line and the de- defensive scheme is probably going to take us to the absolute shit house. So I'm, I'm gonna say probably a score of. I mean, <laughs> Carolina shut us out. Carolina's defense sucks. Oh, give me a score of twenty-four to six. It's gonna either gonna be a mixed extra point or two Oof. field goals. That's that's what we're looking at.
1: So twenty-four gonna, to
2: six. Twenty-four to six. Not even a touchdown. <laughs>
1: I, hey man, I, I'm I don't mind it. That's uh I'm trying to pull up what uh what uh, uh what kind of spread we're looking at here. Oh
0: probably yeah. I'd kind of
2: like, get i guess like Bears minus four.
0: Yeah, probably because that's what the Bears beat us by last uh in the first week.
1: <laughs> man, I cannot find the spread. Um yeah, I'm gonna take Okay, well, I can't find it. Um, I'm going to take the Bears by a pretty significant margin. This (laughs) is – It's
2: going to be the easiest one you have to pick.
1: Right, yeah. This is – this is a a quarterback that consistently tears apart the Lions. This is a Lions defense that's horrific. And this is a first game under a new interim head coach – Oof. That's really just a bad offensive coordinator.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. I'll take. Uh, man.
0: Scott really well, wants to get this one right, boys. I see. <laughs> well,
1: here's my thing. You have to. You have to account for the guaranteed touchdown on the opening drive.
2: You do. yeah, that's true. And the start of the second half.
1: And the start of the second half. So, that's so. already fourteen. I think I'm going to go 13 Prater's going to miss an extra point. <laughs> 13 38.
0: Our defense is getting
1: wow. wow. Woo. Yes. wow. Oh, for fun, wow. for, for fun. fun.
2: Thirty-eight.
1: <laughs> that's fun. brutal. Oh, that's mean. Hey, I'm, and I'm, Mitch Trubisky, I mean that—that's they might have twenty-four at halftime, and then kind of cruise into a nice little. well, <laughs> fourteen points! Mitch second. Trubisky <laughs> is going to
2: tear us apart, and yeah, sounds like is, the defensive scheme is changing. Does. Oh, that's going. Oh, that's that's that's. I think that's the largest margin we've had all year from a prediction, coming okay.
0: out swinging. Okay. So. My gut instinct is saying that I really want to, I really believe that this Lions team has a good chance of getting shut out on uh, Sunday. I agree. So I, but now that I'm thinking about it, I think that they may scrape a little field goal there in the beginning of the game and then not score another lick. So I think I'm going to go with 24 to three bears and yeah i don't think i don't think they get in the end zone quite frankly this offense especially if we don't have deandre swift again but we're gonna i think he's gonna be playing there there should be no reason why he's he's not playing with a concussion i think that's that would be his third Third week week, yeah Yeah.
2: almost four because the the week and a half here
0: yeah. Damn, I think I think my prediction might be wrong just because we have Swift. We might we might pop one in. But who knows? I'm going to go 24-3. Might. Yeah, might that's that's what the, that's what it is now. Oh. The fact that we might score against
1: the 5 and 5 Bears team is really good. Yeah.
0: Interim, terms Bevel. So, you never know what Interim you're going to get. Bevel. Start of the new era. You never know what you're going to get from this guy. And I've destroyed this guy all year, so.
1: Deservedly so.
0: Yeah. I mean he, he's he's nothing but I'm sure he's a great guy but he's not a good uh, coordinator yeah, that's for the sure. The whole
1: staff needs to get sent to the moon.
0: Yeah. And if we had anything else? I don't think we got anything else boys, so um we Yeah,
2: it's been a it's been a long one I think. I have no idea. We started at like 11:30 or something like that, so it's looking like an hour 20, hour 30. It's been a fun one. Scott, thanks for coming on. I can have you on here a lot yeah, more. Scott, going we really forward.
0: appreciate it, man.
1: I'm, yeah, it, I'm for real.
2: Interesting <laughs> I'm, episode, I'm to say the least, for you to come on for the first time. Couldn't have been a better one. So pumped.
1: I The first thing I thought of when I got the news, man. Well, the first one was, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go have a beer. <laughs> the next thought was immediately, I was super pumped. And yeah, I'm, I'm always down to hop on here. So just reach out whenever
0: sweet dude love to hear it and yeah. it, it, it was going to be a juicy one given the news so we we had it we had to spice it up a little bit so i hope i oh, hope yeah. everyone enjoys
1: we had to let it all out
0: yeah it's, it, always,
2: it's always good just to what we want we've been wanting to have this discussion for so many weeks now and it's finally it feels like christmas morning and it's thanksgiving
0: it is it's
2: the only way to put
0: early it. It was very productive. <laughs> Christmas came early. Oh, that's great. That is great. But yeah, I hope the Lions lose on Sunday. Hopefully, we get a better pick. And we're going to be back Sabbath next rules. week, uh, Monday. And this episode will be out Tuesday. We're going to try and crank this episode out to Actually, tomorrow. Yeah. We're going to try and crank it out tomorrow. So I hope everyone enjoyed. Uh, please follow us on Twitter at Downtown Roar. Uh, and I think that's it, boys. Thank you again, Scott.
2: Thanks for a great week.
0: Peace out, y'all.
2: See ya.